It's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Medler, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Match week three approaches here on the Ghost Gold Podcast, officially now sponsored by one Chris Chimura. We asked for money one time, one time, and our and our sugar daddy comes down from the clouds and bequeaths us the fucking bag so that we can watch any NBC sports game that we want. We got to start asking for more stuff here on this podcast. I'm Andrew Passaro. We got Alex Moss. We got Javier Revelo. Chew is the best. We got a big match week ahead of us. We got Liverpool, Arsenal. We've got Chelsea taking on Norwich, a promoted team. We've got Newcastle versus Spurs with Hyunmin Song coming back. We've got Manchester United and Crystal Palace. We've got a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I'm Andrew Passaro. We got Alex Moss. We got Javier Arevalo. But seriously, big shout out to one Chris, Chris Chimura, who, in all honesty, saved our asses, mine in particular. We, Excellent fellow. We, we all went to school with him for a long time. Uh, great guy coming coming at you Alex, from Alex came somewhere in, fourth in the United grade. States. He, I'm not going to completely blow up his spot. To the party. He was... Yeah, but he's a Chelsea fan because of Alex, and he definitely listens to this podcast because Just of so Alex. you guys know, Alex had an English accent the first year that I knew him in my life. Alex had a full, first, full English accent. Longer than that, bro. I had an English maybe, accent. Yeah, maybe I, it, had one. it very, it very steadily faded away. The heights if beat that if shit out of me. If enough people tweet at Alex, then maybe he'll uh, he'll pull it out in the pod sometime. Just do a whole podcast just, just, in my uh, English accent. Yeah, just, just yeah. pull out the English 100%. accent. One hundred percent. It's going to make us sound more legit. You know, he's got it in him. I feel like I've whipped yeah, it out absolutely. from time to time. Uh, but yeah, I, I, Andrew, I feel like you haven't properly set up what exactly it was that Chris uh, did for this podcast after your long diatribe about uh, how terrible it is that NBC Sports was it Gold? Is that the is that the app that they? It's like the gold premium or whatever. That they upped no their idea. price dumb, to be able to replay games. We got a, I got a cheeky Venmo the next day when the pod came out from uh, Chris Chimura, our friend from high school and friend of the pod since we first started. And fellow Chelsea fan who I uh, indoctrinated. <laughs> uh, basically sending us the money for all of us to share an NBC Sports Gold package for this upcoming season. So you can't see what me right guy. now, Chris, but I am got the hands together in prayer fashion thank you very much it's very much appreciated we will all put it to great use um oh so much use all of the use uh but let's get let's get right into the thick of it Uh, we will talk about the chelsea norwich game in a little bit that there's one big thing on the on the docket the 12 30 prime time gift from the soccer gods that go to brunch, get as sanely drunk as humanly possible, and watch good soccer before uh, La Liga and Serie A come on at 2.45, obviously. But Liverpool Arsenal, 12.30 at Anfield. I'm excited. Ghost go bold. I mean, you probably should be excited because all of your strikers have scored in every home game against Arsenal that they've been on the team for. Salah, Mane, and Firmino 
It's the first weekend of college for a lot of schools, and and we know what happens in the first weekend of college. There's a lot of legs that get split open, and let me tell you, there's going to be a lot of legs split open on Saturday afternoon when Liverpool just take Arsenal to the fucking now, boat let me races, tell you, my friend. I was looking back at the footage of the 5-1 and the 4-0, and in, there was something, there was something. Right, remember when Bobby put yeah, your yeah, there entire was team on their ass? present in both it of those great. games that is not present in tomorrow's game. Do you know what that is? David Luiz. One, Skodran Mustafi. He played in both of those games. And in both of those games at Anfield, we played really early on in the season with a bunch of like a bunch of not very good players or, you know, Mikatarian. I don't think Xhaka's going to play, or, but Xhaka was playing. Mustafi. Licksteiner. Licksteiner was playing at Anfield last year. So was exactly. Kolasinic. So was, so was, so was It's going to be so a completely different team, and I don't think it's going to be the same. I mean, it's possible that, like, Gwenduzi and... Uh, Willock somehow just like wilt under the pressure, but they did. Th- but but oh, when Doozy's oh, gone to like possible? the Etihad and not wilted it's under the pressure, possible and... at the fortress that is Anfield. Yeah, Come but like on, you guys man. are, you guys, your defensive frailties have been. You guys have conceded thirty-four shots against Norwich and Southampton. If you give us anywhere close to like 10, 12, 15 shots, we're gonna score like three goals on you. So that's something that like Liverpool, I I don't see you fixing it without Allison back in the team. So I think that's going to be there. Like you guys are going to have to concede. You're going to concede goals. Like if you guys come out with a clean sheet somehow, I mean, it'll be a miracle. It'll be a fucking miracle. I think the full week off is very key for Liverpool. This is something that they haven't really had, you know. Like Arsenal a full week off too. No, but we also played Southampton having to go to Istanbul in the middle of last week. That definitely accounted for some of our struggle in the first half when Southampton had the chief mo- like the, the chief percentage of their shots came in the first half up until that howler late in the game from Adrian. Uh, again, and it's Anfield too. Like the, the boys are going to be jazzed up. They know they haven't played their best over the first couple weeks. And now they've got the opportunity needed to, to prove it against the team that's second against them in the table. And they also know Manchester City dropped points last week. This is an opportunity to continue that streak. Uh, I, I agree with you. I do think we concede in this game, but and here's we're like we said we're incorporating betting more into the podcast and I didn't get a, a pick off last week so I might have a couple picks that I'll sprinkle into this podcast for you guys, but here's my my uh, my bet for this game plus three and a half goals in this game is at plus one fourteen right now on a variety of sports books including FanDuel which is the one that we usually use as as for our kind of barometer and let me tell you the last time a Liverpool Arsenal game at Anfield, came in at under three and a half goals, was 2012 when Arsenal beat us 2-0 at Anfield. That's like, what, six straight years of of plus of four goals or more. This is an easy bet. I think there's going to be a lot of goals in this game. Personally, I've got Liverpool 3-1. Javier, what about yourself? How do you, What do you see on a scoreline here? I've gone back and forth. I initially thought Liverpool were going to win, but the more I've thought about it and just, I mean... <laughs> Just the way that the season has gone so far. Two games. Two go, games. <laughs> yeah. Two games. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little bit bold here and say, uh, first of all, that I'm gonna bet. I'm gonna. My bet's gonna be that uh, Arsenal draw with Liverpool at plus three fifty, which I think is really good odds for for that. It is a good um, odds for a draw. It's great odds for and, a draw. Uh, so yeah, my my bet with Liverpool is is that you know that that they're probably gonna drop and. They're going to drop a lot more points this year than they did last year. I think VAR is going to be a thing too. That 
I mean, it's going to affect everybody positively or negatively, but I mean, it's, it's, it's going to add drama to these games and it's going to be something that it's going to add so much unpredictability that I feel like even these betting odds, like, I mean, it was so easily that city Tottenham game where I, where I got like the draw, like that, that VAR VAR completely changed it, right? Like three, two, like, yeah, that's the type of shit that's going to happen this year that, um, it's going to make these score predictions even harder to make and like bets harder to make, which is crazy that somebody got, uh, all five correct on their, on like the, the first week of them doing that, the, the score predictions on NBC. Yeah. I will say, I, I understand that Arsenal have strengthened the back line. I still love the matchup of our front three against whoever's playing in that back four, in particular at the wing back positions. I still think Salah and more so Mane are going to take them to the, just take them to the cleaners. Mane in particular always does well against Arsenal. He scored in like a majority of those matches. Firmino does very well. Like, this game being in Anfield is a huge asset for us. The battle for midfield is going to be interesting because I don't trust Arsenal's midfield more than like. But I like ours hasn't created a ton of chances, but I still like ours to do more. And you know, Firmino's going to drop in there. Alex, how do you feel about this game? Since it's been just me and yeah. Javier well, shining in here. Well, I mean, time. it's only fair. It's your two teams uh, facing each other. I figured I'd let you guys take a meet a lump of flesh from each other first before I jumped in. Uh, yeah, no, I just wanted to sit back and kind of read the room for a second, and I, I, I don't, I don't see Arsenal getting a positive result from this. It may be a better display and a better performance than we've seen in the past, uh, and that being better than like a four-one drubbing or a four-nil drubbing. Um, but I, yeah, I, I still see Arsenal needing two, maybe even three goals, just to not lose this one. Uh, so. And the the unpredictability factor, Javier, I do agree with you that, that it's not just for VAR. I also think the, the two teams' midfields kind of lends to that. Like, neither team right now seems to have, like, the, the a, a real, I guess, chokehold on uh, the, the control in midfield. It, it seems like they, they both kind of strive off of wide-open games where... The ball's being turned over a lot. Uh, situations are changing every couple seconds where all of a sudden you're now on the counterattack because the other team's given it away. Both teams kind of like thrive off that and they have the players to make the other team pay. So that, that lends to the assumption that it's going to be a high scoring game um, because they also have still both teams have pretty uh, significant like defensive frailties at this point. Like you said, uh, Andrew, or was it Javier? I can't remember. With Adrian being out for Liverpool and just that kind of slow start performance-wise to the season they've had. Uh, and then just for Arsenal, like obviously you've uh, they've improved uh, with the with the signings they've made, but it's not really uh, far along enough in the season to really say for sure that they're, they're, they're better defensively. It's only been two games and they've been against two opponents that weren't Liverpool at Enfield. Uh, and let's just remember when you say or you make the assumption that Arsenal are going to score two or three at Liverpool – or if you try to make that argument, remember that it's at Anfield and that the chances and uh, overall possession that you're going to have against most other teams in the league when you're playing at Liverpool, it's if those if the number of those chances isn't reduced, then like the uh, intensity of those chances is. But we've talked about it when teams come to Stamford Bridge or teams go to the Emirates or the Etihad. Every chance you get at that opponent's stadium, it feels more important because you don't know when the next one's going to come. So... 
I've seen players like Mane and Salah choke at Stanford Bridge on chances that I've seen them score a million times before. It's a different level of pressure when you're you're playing away in the league against one of your one of the best teams in the league, one of your biggest rivals. So I I, I would probably lean towards Liverpool three one also, but it's probably a, a a performance by Arsenal that at least isn't embarrassing this time. Uh, general odds for that game as they lie. A Liverpool win at minus 195, a draw at plus 350. That's what Javier is taking. And uh, Arsenal to win outright on the money line is plus 480. Uh, Alex, I'm going to jump over to your team because I know you have a bet of the week coming in off that Chelsea game, which is going to be the 730 matchup where Chelsea travel to Norwich, the newcomers in the Premier League who are coming off their first points back in the prem alex how do you feel about this one coming in on Saturday? alex the chelsea fan is quietly confident that chelsea can win uh but alex the realist and alex the guy who's telling you how to spend your money or suggesting how to spend your money uh wants to see it before uh he backs it up so uh i, I i'm gonna take uh as as my bet of the week i'm gonna take norwich plus 350 to win at home against chelsea we saw what they did to newcastle last week now of course newcastle are pretty tame attacking side they don't really have uh, they didn't really have much of anything going forward in, in that game or the Arsenal home game the week before uh, but Norwich made them pay and uh, Timu Puki specifically made them pay and he's going to get all those chances and maybe even more against this Chelsea side because we're going to pu- press them up high and try to uh, we're probably going to make them uh, or try to make them play out from the back uh, when when they're at home and uh, we saw them have some success with that against Liverpool at Anfield uh, playing against the top six side, but uh, obviously the level of difficulty is a bit tougher when you're away at one of the best teams in Europe. So uh, at home against a Chelsea side that is anything uh, but defensively solid, I wouldn't be surprised if Norwich scored two, maybe even three, and it takes like a really high-scoring performance from Chelsea, which is one thing that we haven't really shown we're able to do yet this season, uh, to even get a draw out of this. So um, it, it, obviously there's always the chance that something clicks for Chelsea and one of our borderline world-class, world-class players makes a play that uh, decides the game. But uh, Norwich, for me, are a bit more of a, a settled team right now that are more steady in their identity. And playing at home uh, for the first time against a top-six side is also going to be like feel like a huge occasion for them and their fans. So uh, I think plus 350 for Norwich to win is probably one of the more enticing bets of the weekend. It's actually dropped since we started, since like you picked this out earlier in the afternoon. It's already down to plus 320. Get on it. Get on it, kids. Get on it. Get on it quick. Get on it quick. Also, just the amount of people that brought in Timo Puki. In fantasy? Um, yeah, I'm one it's of like, them. I think he's either the most transferred or the second most transferred player in the entire league. I think he's the most transferred. And yeah, everybody. This is he's he's this year's Jimenez. He might be better. You're you're probably just gonna keep him in your team the entire year because wherever he plays, he's liable to get a goal. So I think he's probably more likely to score goals because of the the like the the style that they play football as compared to. Did Wolves. you see his like, folly against like Newcastle? How- the first goal. Jesus Christ, that guy can hit a ball. <laughs> like Jimenez isn't as much yeah. of a natural goal scorer as Puki is. Puki just has. That confidence and that eye for goal, he'll just shoot from anywhere that he has half a chance from. I'd agree with that. I don't 100% agree with that. Uh, the other Saturday uh, big game that we'll reference is Manchester United taking on Crystal Palace. This one's at home. Alex, I know you were teasing with uh, maybe something, going with something in this game earlier. What what, what were you looking at? That you nah, there was plus about? 400 for a draw on offer, and, you know, it caught my eye for half a second. But, you know, I'm still... Eh, fuck yeah, right not, off. I, 
They're not drawing. Crystal Palace have been utter shit. They've had like what a shot on target. They've the conceded as many goals like, in the Premier League this year as awful. Manchester United have. So yeah, but how many goals have United yeah, four, scored? Four, five. Yeah, right. It's, so. it's fine. But, you know, not every team gets to play Chelsea at home every game. Javier, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Palace have not, haven't so scored fun. a goal yet, and they've looked absolutely dreadful on, yeah, uh, they, on offense. You know, Zaha, it's still yet to be seen whether Zaha is fully invested in the, the project of Crystal Palace this year. He looks like he might be having a Van right. Dyke type season. He just where g- he's gives just up. Going to keep his head down and just try and dribble through everybody every single time and never pass the ball and just try and, you know, be like, fuck you and win his way, and it's probably not going to work. Everton finished that game, which they drew with, with Palace last week at 0-0, and I'm just looking at the lineup that they threw out there, and this is fucking garbage. Andros Townsend, James MacArthur, Luko Milivojevic, Max Meyer, Christian Benteke. It's the same lineup that got 12th last year, so I wouldn't I wouldn't, I wouldn't criticize yeah, it that much. Same, it's Zaha I, is the key, obviously. I, if he shows exactly. up, they're a good and team. If he decides he wants to throw his toys out of the pram, like Van Dyke, like Javier just said, then uh, Palace might get relegated, and then they'll have no choice but to but to sell him. So, but that's just a right. bad look for a player in general. I think United handle this one relatively easily. Zaha's got a few bad looks anyway. You know, I don't really like the hair. <laughs> oh, I love the t- there. I love the hair. I think the hair is so. <laughs> I just enjoy. Out. I just enjoy it, how like, like it. Uh, I can see it now. If that happens and Palace like have a terrible season, it's all because of Zaha. I can see it now that like the media go after Zaha and blame him for it. Uh, when the mm-hmm. same thing happened with Van Dyke at Southampton, and no one blamed him for it, and no one is blaming him for it now. I'm just calling out that that's probably going to be a storyline in a few months. Well, Southampton didn't they go down, so it only started. Mean, they, they started being threatened by relegation. Like I mean, and and, teetered, and Van Dyke had an teetered. injury that he kind of used to. Oh, did his back go out? Like Coutinho's back went out? <laughs> no, I think it was the Harry Maguire sickness. That's what oh, it was. yeah. Yeah, you hate to see a guy. Harry, Harry Maguire was sick. I hate to see that happen. Going to, to United a week later. Right, yeah. You, you really you really hate to see that. Uh, good luck to Coutinho at, at, at Bayern Munich, by the way. Watch. I hope. I'm rooting so hard for Dortmund to win the Bundesliga now because that would be like. Coutinho leaving Liverpool to go win major trophies and then going on loan to Bayern and losing the Bundesliga for the first time in like seven years would just would it would just make me happy on the hey, he won the league just before wait, Liverpool when, did when the transfer transfer window closes at the end of August we'll, he didn't we'll, win we'll the get, league we'll, he didn't do shit on that Barca team he rode the fucking pine for eight for thirty something <laughs> games they win they win the Liga without him. When the transfer window closes, we will uh, we'll get into our continental continental uh, catch up, baby. Wrap up the continental catch up, catch up. and guys. I will definitely be all the over Dortmund. series. I've got they made a lot of yeah they made a lot of good moves and yeah I want to talk about them a lot, but that's definitely for another pod. But for yeah, sure. I'm, I'm I'm also I think they could win the Bundesliga too. I'm, I'm How did we get up. here? Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna try to get us. I'm gonna try to get this. Shit I blame back. Andrew. Brought up oh, why? Because I hate because I hate Coutinho. <laughs> I mean, hey, uh, what's worse, me bringing, me whining about my ex-girlfriend or me whining about my hatred for, for Philippe Coutinho? I definitely feel like it would be me whining about an ex-girlfriend. Uh, let's get over to the current champions who play on Sunday. They're going to play Bournemouth at 9 a.m. Is this going to go? Is there any chance that this doesn't end exactly like we think it does? Well, how do you think it's going to end, Andrew? 
like three nothing and a Kevin I, De Bruyne. I don't, I don't think that's assist. definitely how it's going to end. I mean, City City have needed last yeah, minute winners against Bournemouth, Bournemouth the last couple score. of seasons. It's not been cut and dry for them going to Bournemouth. They've won, but it's not been like them going away to West Ham and putting four or five past them every single time. It's yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not going to be the ballsy Less one to predict anything less than a Man City win, but uh, it, it, I don't think it'll be easy. No, no, Pep's wrath after after dropping points against Spurs, they're definitely going to win here. But you got to think that it might be maybe a little nervy. Did Kevin De Bruyne get hurt at Bournemouth last year? I'm looking at this game, and he did get taken off. Well, he got injured a couple different times. One, one nil. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. I look. I still think City are going to run away with this. Uh, Bournemouth are plus eleven hundred. Who starts? Aguero or Jesus? Oh, I feel like he has to start. Is Jesus. the drama continuing? I feel like if if Jesus starts, everyone's gonna be like Aguero. It's because you did that and all that shit. So he's probably gonna start Aguero, just to like just for their. The more interesting one to me is Mares or Bernardo Silva. I think he, I think he's already proven that he's gonna start Bernardo Silva because like Mares had. Uh, like two assists and played super well, got man of the match, and then he dropped him the next game and barely gave him any minutes. And just as soon as Bernardo was healthy, he was like, yep, my Bernardo. Like, I don't care about you, Mares. You're just a flashy toy. I, he definitely thinks of Mares as just like a... I agree. You know, it's just it's just an interesting idea. It's just like a, a an extra toy that he has. He doesn't look at him as someone he can rely on. He's just like, ah, when I got to plug someone in, I'll plug him in, but... I feel like part yeah. of his purchase was to make sure that no one else in the top six went and got him. Like, remember when he was like linked pretty to much, Arsenal forever, much, yeah. and you guys didn't pony up what they wanted, and then City just came in and was like, "Here, we'll we'll take him. We'll just buy him." I mean, that's why they tried to get Alexis too. They were just yeah. like, "Nope, nobody else should get him." In the end, I'm sure they're very very happy they ended up uh, not paying sixty million for him. Yeah, I also feel like Pep would have been able to motivate him a little bit more than whoever's at United, I, I, Yeah, he probably would have stayed a world-class player if he had just gone to City at that point. He never would have broken. His 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 mind would have never been destroyed like it was in that half in that year at Arsenal where where he stayed uh the extra 6 months he was forced to stay and just absolutely hated his life and we destroyed his love for football. All right, last big game on Sunday is Tottenham-Newcastle. That one's at 11.30. Uh, the big thing here is that uh, Hinming Son returns from a suspension that carried over from last season. I also read that Juan Foyt technically also returns, but I don't really think that's that important. But No, he's pretty. he was uh, he was pretty decent for Argentina and the Copa America. And the, at the tail end of last season, he was playing a good amount. Like I mean, it was because of injuries, but Pochettino definitely – and he looked good. Like he's really skilled for being like a center back, and he can play right back. He's still like so, four, third or fourth choice there. Yeah, but I'm, I, he's like he's definitely could compete with Walker Peters for right back, and I I think that like in terms of center back, like he's 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 up there. I mean, if he's fit, I don't know. I really like him. He, I think I've been impressed with him from what I've seen from uh, the last season of him. The other Tottenham news is that uh, Victor Wanyama is going to the Belgian league. Wait, what? Yeah. That's yeah. really happening. They're selling him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where where is he going to play? I, I don't know. I mean, they've got plenty of games, and they have a midfield that was ravaged by injuries last season. Like you figured, even with Ndombele coming in. Yeah, but Waniyama was shit, man. Yeah, Waniyama was really bad last year. He's yeah. The the, the Telegraph had it like twelve hours ago that he's uh, he couldn't keep up with like the teams like passing and pressing in talks and to, just, like he's in talks to go to Bruges. In uh, in in uh, in the Belgian league, I fucking hate Bruce. Which kind of surprises me. 
<laughs> no one's seen him Bruges. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know what you're referencing, but no, I haven't seen it. I think he was just a really good foil for Endembele when um, when he was on the team. Uh, the Belgian one, obviously. You mean Musa Dembele. Um, and... Uh, Musa Dembele. Ah, you're doing the English commentator <laughs> mixing up your Dembele's and Ndombele's. Yeah, getting getting those two mixed up. Um, but yeah, no. When uh, when Musa was on the team, then I thought I, I think Waniyama was you know had someone who could cover his yeah, deficiencies enough. That. But um, but yeah, I think Son being back is going to be really big for Tottenham because they've been lacking um, his particular uh, specialties. You know, running at defenses. Uh, you know, getting those runs in between the lines that really like Kane, Erickson, and Ali aren't that good at making. Um, Kane is better at, you know, backing his back into a defender, getting the ball to feet, and then either turning and playing, spraying a beautiful ball or getting a nice shot on goal. Um, Son is a completely different player who can run at players, uh, beat two or three players, and then create space for the rest of his teammates. So, Mora is a player that's sort of like that, but I think Mora is a little bit more direct and uh, not as skillful as Son is at creating space for the rest of his teammates. Um, Mora's finishing's definitely improved a lot since his time at PSG, which he was an extremely wasteful player. You can see the talent was there, but you know his end product wasn't there. But he seems to have added it, and yeah. Pochettino having all these attacking options at his disposal will uh, will only add to it. And I think Tottenham are going to get on a little roll. Um, if they get on a little roll, you're in trouble because you guys play them next. I was literally thinking, but the roll is going to start after <laughs> the Arsenal. How convenient. <laughs> How convenient. That'll be their blink. That's in like three weeks because we don't we finish this game and go on international break? Oh, I hope break? not. I oh, hope is not. Is an international break? I, Fuck, man. There's, there's an international break It's too break early coming. for that crap. I'm Why not, are they putting one this early? They always put one this early. The Premier League it's always they does always like put three one games at the beginning of and, September. and it's fucking You're just like, sucks. Why? Like, do I need? I, I think that's it. That's my that's my rant for next week. All I have to do is go on one killer rant, and then FIFA will cancel those. I, I think there, I think there are games next week. I don't know, man. Oh yeah, you're right. The there are games August thirty yeah. first. You're right. Yeah. Oh, thank well, God. Fuck Spurs up. Liverpool got on a twelve thirty game back to back Saturdays. Let's fucking go. That is a huge win in the Pissarro household. <laughs> oh man. Oh, but getting back to getting back how, to how Spurs. How does Pochettino fit all of these new signings plus the existing players at Tottenham? I'm not saying how, I'm not interested just in how he fits them in. I'm interested on in uh, just the configuration of it all because we've seen Ndombele play basically as another like defensive midfielder. He hasn't been using him as like the box-to-box type that he was in uh, in Lyon, though he has been getting forward and does have the goal. It was from a deeper position. Um, and Dombele Winks seems to be like his preferred like pivot or most defensive pairing of that midfield. And then from from there, is he just going to be Kane, Ali, Eriksson, Son? Or do we see Lo Celso? Well, that's if Eriksson even stays. Does Lo Celso Get into the lineup instead of Ericsson if he's about to move. Uh, it's like you said, Javier. There's a lot of really interesting uh, weapons at Pochettino's disposal. Arguably more than he's ever had. Uh, and I didn't even think of Lamella, who had the goal and assists last week against Man City. He probably has done enough to retain his spot. Uh, so I mean, there's certainly enough firepower to beat Newcastle, a team that's all, having an almighty struggle, uh, especially them going away to Tottenham. 
but it's it's just trying to find the the right mix, and I I feel like he's going to favor the uh, established players who have uh, done it for him these last four or five years. So, um, it, the next question is how many goals do Tottenham win by? I'm oh I'm looking at the odds right now. I'll probably say like like three nil, maybe three one. Tottenham are prone to a defensive lapse here and there, so who knows? I like a three one. I could see I could definitely see more than three and a half goals in this game, which would be. Which, I mean, that's what we need on a Sunday afternoon. You know what I mean? There's no NFL just yet. Uh, uh, over three and a half goals would get you plus 152 odds on FanDuel right now. Which is, that's, that's very tempting. It's, very, uh, it's, it's tempting, very but it's tempting. not. Because Tottenham are also prone to just be absolutely terrible against bad teams. Yeah, they could do a 2-0. You know what I mean? That Aston Villa game they played at home. They, they or even they, a one nil. They've done that yeah. from time to time, where they just don't look at it when they're not facing like opposition. They kind of deem worthy. Um, they usually do enough to to pull it out, but you know, it's not as solid of a of a of a lock as the Arsenal Liverpool one is. For uh, what we is beat it? The one nil at their place. So who? I'm sure, Tottenham like Newcastle. Oh, Newcastle. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure Tottenham can can put together a better performance in like a one or two nil. And then they lost three one to to and and Norwich and, and, and then week. and then they just drew Man City, which at the Etihad had in the Premier League, which I don't think they've ever done that. Like since the since City have come into their new era, you know what I mean? Obviously, I'm sure they did it when City were down in seventeenth place with their uh, <laughs> at the old Cook Arena and shit, but uh, before the oil money. Before the oil money. Uh, Javier, we've got a new little segment for you because you won our picks competition last year. NBC Sports is NBC Sports Predictions is doing a competition where you pick uh, the scores and result for five games. Uh, I'm going to whip through them. You give me your score line here. Manchester United take on Crystal Palace. What you got for us? Uh, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but I have 2-1 uh, United. I think it's going to be a close game, and I think Palace might score their first first goal, but... I think United edge it. I don't think Palace score, but that's me. Watford, West Ham, what you got for that? I'm not sure about this one. I have 1-1, one, one, but I might change this one. What, what do you think, guys? This this could be like 2-2. Two, two. Or like, do you think Watford could win here? I love I'll, the draw here. Yeah, the draw is nice. Um, what, have, what have you got it at? Plus 250, Andrew? Yeah, plus 250 for a Watford-West Ham draw. That's in. I'm putting down three bets for the weekend no matter what. That's that's a lock-in for me. The only part of me that makes me think it might not be a draw is that both these teams have had kind of not-so-great starts to the season. Uh, Watford especially, two losses to start, and the, the surprise loss, the heavy loss to Brighton uh, kind of stings a bit more. So I feel like they might be a little bit like desperate to win at home and probably feel like they should win at home. And also, there was no Haller or uh, Felipe Anderson last week for West Ham. They did manage to get a draw at Brighton, which is kind of impressive. But um, if those two aren't back, then I'd probably lean to more, towards more of a Watford win, to be honest. But, you know, uh, you're the one who won the, the picks last year, Javier. So it's up to you. We already know your 2-2 result for Arsenal-Liverpool. Bournemouth and Manchester City, what you got? Uh, this is another, like, I think kind of testy one, but I have a Bournemouth 1, Bournemouth 1, Man City 3. I could see it. I could see it. And Tottenham taking on Newcastle, like we just talked about. I almost changed this to 4-0 after, you know, all the, the Tottenham praise we've been heaping, but I'm going to keep my 3-0 scoreline. I, I, I like that. I think, uh, I think they're going to spank, spank the Magpies. All right, my last 
Quick little sprinkle before we head out for the road here. I really like a Brighton-Southampton draw all over the weekend. That's one of those 10 a.m. games. You can get that at plus 220 last I checked. I like that. I know Brighton have played well at home. but That's I, a good one, too. I like that But one. I also like the way Southampton played against Liverpool. I understand they may have played up to the competition here, but I like what they offer. Do they bring that energy to Brighton? I feel like they might be able to get a draw out of this. And... Isn't Brighton? No, it's Brighton Crystal Palace. That's a that's the weird derby. That's not really a derby. Or is Brighton Bright, Southampton? Brighton Crystal Palace. Yeah, because they're like right uh, up the highway from each other, I guess. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so that about wraps it up for us on this preview pod. Follow us on Twitter at Ghost Gold Pod, at Andrew Passaro, at ASMOS92, at JavierRev9. Um, we'll be back with a recap of everything next week. And uh, until next time, bye.